Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. It's Friday. You know who's here. Mimosa Michelle. Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. It's a beautiful weekend here in Texas. Got nice warm weather. It's We're done with winter, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> God, I wish we were like that on the East Coast. Here in Connecticut, it's going to be winter for like two more months. I hate the month of March. March, you think it's supposed to be spring? It's not. It's cold. It's wet. It's horrible in Connecticut. So we are not going to get nice weather for a long time here. It's 70s and sunny every single day in the forecast for as long as I can see. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I'm thrilled for you. Uh, before we get started on today's show, I just want to remind everybody, please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you leave a review, we will read it on the show and you have been leaving them and we're so grateful because you're helping us get our star rating up which is massive it helps people discover us which we are eternally grateful for this one comes from Handbones olnvf who says the goat of niners podcast i can't thank you guys enough for the work you put into this this team is incredible and it is literally a one-stop shop for everything niners keep it up bang bang sick t7 says five stars killing it start your morning with 49ers and five drive home with all the quality shows rob and the crew give the best niners content on the web yeah let's go ain't that the truth it is the truth and we will prove it to you if you give us a chance like uh and subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't done so already uh already i should say a couple of things i want to get to today one mooney ward has like he impressed me even more than he already did following his season. I don't know if you saw this, Michelle. 
he just threw up on his Instagram yesterday that he had surgery. He didn't reveal what he had surgery on, but we're thinking there's a lot of thinking that it's a groin injury because he missed time with a groin injury late in the year. But I mean, he had an injury that was so significant. It required surgery after the year yet. He played almost every game. He was awesome in the Super Bowl, was not even targeted in 55 snaps in the Super Bowl, and was second team all pro this year. Do you know he led the team or led the league in passes defense this year? I didn't know that. Yes. I I, I found out yesterday when, when that came up on social media. I knew he was near the top. He's a stud, man. He is a freaking stud. He he really proved his worth, I think, this year. A lot more than his first year with the team. I thought his first year with the team was really good, right? And I was like, okay, that was a really good signing. But do they still need a real true corner one? I don't know. But then this year, especially towards like after we got through the first half of the year, he really proved like, no, I'm a shutdown corner. Like, you don't have to worry about this position. They, they maybe, you know, get more depth at corner. But the cornerback one, it, that's fulfilled. It's ward and he he has shown his dominance he is fantastic i think maybe some of the issues early in the year were with wilkes and wilkes was playing a lot of soft coverage early in the year mooney ward is a press man corner that's what he does and i hope that's how they continue to use him but just what a freaking stunt like none of us had any idea that he was dealing with anything certainly not an injury that was so bad he had to have surgery to fix it and he killed it, man. And he was huge for the Niners this year because if he had missed any sort of extended time, then it was Diamador Lenore, Ambry Thomas, and Isaiah Oliver. I like Lenore, but after that, gulp. It would have been disgusting if Ward had to miss any of the playoff games. Like, I mean, think about those the wild card and divisional round. Those were hanging by a thread to begin with. Those wins without Ward, it would have been done so pretty fast. Uh, Andre Garibay, YouTube channel member. Shout out to all our YouTube channel members, by the way. Please become one. It's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. You go a long way to supporting the channel. Andre says, Mooney is a good corner. They need to bring in another corner, another outside corner, and slide Lenore into the slot or just bring in another slot guy. Ambry and Oliver suck. Uh, Oliver is going to be cut, I believe, because they can save money by cutting him. He was a Steve Wilkes pick. Uh, and then... Before the season even started, Kyle Shanahan was like, mm, he's not really a starter. So I think he's going to be gone. Ambry Thomas is too up and down. I never know which Ambry Thomas we're going to get. Plus, every team needs depth at corner, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them add somebody, Michelle. Yeah, they definitely need to figure out this whole slot situation. It did get better towards the second half of the year, but yep. yeah, Oliver's going to be gone. I was looking at their cap space, though. There's not very many guys that they can cut and save much money at all. They're going to have to do some restructuring instead of yep. cutting. Yes, they're going to restructure. I think they're going to restructure uh, Trent. I think they're going to restructure Warner. Um, they may restructure Armstead. I don't know. But uh, I think they're definitely going to at least restructure Juice. I think they should cut Juice. That's been a whole thing. I, apparently, this team, this fan base is so attached to a fullback. Like, oh, my God, I did not realize the pushback I was going to get. He's pretty good. He's pretty yeah, good. he's great, but he's a fullback. Yeah. He's a great fullback. Like, okay. <laughs> Do you think they move on from Dre Greenlaw? Because I know that's the one player they can save, like, $7 million on. But is it worth it? I guess... Your biggest question is the Achilles, right? Will he come back from it? I know that players are coming back quickly, but we're not seeing them come back good. I, I mean, we have very little sample size, but I guess it's really just Cam Akers, right? Uh, we haven't got to see Rodgers or Kirk Cousins come back yet and see how they perform. But 
like I know he could come back quickly and he might even be ready for week one, but is he the same player? That's the question. I don't think they're going to cut him. Um, but I think that you, I mean, you have to have a plan for while he's out, by the way. And I don't think he's going to be ready for week one. Like, even if he, you know, it's like we talked about with Brock Purdy, right? There's return to play versus return to performance. Like he might be, maybe be able to be on the field, but he's not going to be, you know, the psycho Drake <laughs> that we saw flying around. Um, I think they need to have a plan for that. They need to figure out what they're going to do. I would love to see them re-sign Aziz Alshire, who's going to be yeah. a free agent. Like, yes, please. And and even if they do, they need more than that also. Like, you, you've got to improve your Jets or hope that one of the linebackers they drafted last year actually turns into something. But, uh, yeah, they need to have a plan at linebacker for sure. This free agency class is stacked at defense. But it's also a lot of big player names that are going to be expensive. So that's not really what the 49ers are going to be looking for. But I, I do think this is very top heavy defensive free agency class. And the offensive side is kind of like there's some big names, but it gets weak real fast. And the Niners could, if they want to make a big splash, they could. I've talked about it a lot. You'd have to restructure a bunch of people. You'd have to re-sign uh, Ayuk, which would actually lower his cap number. But when the Niners want to make a big move, they make one. They never shy away from that, especially this Lynch-Shanahan regime. So I'm not ruling it out. I mean, who the hell thought we were going to get Javon Hargrave last year? I certainly didn't. So I was on my fantasy podcast this morning, the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast, and my co-host was very certain that, well, not very certain, but felt very strongly that the 49ers would trade away Brandon Ayuk. And I did say, like, I don't think it's going to happen. I gave my reasonings because this management is very stubborn, including Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, the decision makers are very, very stubborn. And I feel like it, almost in spite, like, if Ayuk didn't want to get <laughs> traded, they wouldn't do it. If he didn't want to get traded, then, like, they would. Um, but they don't. I, my biggest issue with the 49ers is it doesn't seem like they care about the person very much when it comes to these players. But that's probably most teams, so I don't want to just say that's the 49ers. But that's why I, I just I, I see you staying here, but he felt very confident that they would move on from him. I think that they'd be open to it, but I think they would need a pretty big return. Like, I think they would have traded Debo if they had gotten a better offer for him. I, I think they looked at the offers and they were like, no way, we're not doing that. But I don't think it was because it was like, hell no, we'll never trade Debo under any circumstances. It was just when you put a, a guy out there, there's a price on everybody, right? If they got eight first round picks, would they trade Fred Warner? I don't Maybe like, you know, there's, I'm just using that as an example. Like there's a, everybody's got a price to quote the million dollar man from back in the day for any old school wrestling fans. Um, I don't think that the price that they would want for Ayuk is going to be matched by anybody. Um, so I think he'll be here. What do you think they would want? At least the first, like first is like bare minimum. I think first yeah, yeah. plus first and a third first and a fourth first and maybe a third that can become a second or, or a fourth that can become a third, something like that. I think it's going to take multiple picks unless we're talking like top 10, which they're not going to get. So that's not even a discussion. And if they consider him a top 10 pick, then they need to be paying him. I mean, well, that too. Um, did you see the report about big Dom? I did the most weird report I've ever read in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, it It spurred a larger thought in my head in the shower this morning. All my good ideas come in the shower. I don't know if it's the water or the nakedness or what's going on, but in the shower, 
I have all these ideas about the show. I'm always thinking about the show and the podcast and people I need to reach out to and all that stuff. So for anyone, okay, now that we're missed, all picturing you in the shower. This is not this is not an image that. Hey, we need look, in our mind. I can't control what goes through your head. All right. If anybody missed it, there was a report from a longtime Eagles reporter, Derek Gunn, that said that part of the reason the Eagles crumbled down the stretch was because Big Dom got suspended against the Niners and wasn't there. And he apparently prevents Nick Sirianni from getting into fights with coaches and players on the sideline during games. That in and of itself, Michelle, is hysterical. That the Eagles coach is such a crybaby that he needs a babysitter on the sideline. The whole thing story was it was super weird to me like he's the only guy it seemed like they're making it where it's like he's the only guy that can control him he's the only <laughs> one that can tame him and i was saying to you like unless they're in this secret relationship like a loving relationship and i would be all for that obviously go gaze but <laughs> <laughs> i don't get why he would need this particular man there in order to calm him down there's no one else that can well hey control yourself you're an adult but also, even if this is how he coaches, right, and he needs someone there, there was no one else in this huge staff that can possibly help him control his emotions while Dom can't be down there. Like This is the weirdest story to me ever, and it only makes sense is if there is some, you know, love something happening behind the scenes. I don't you know. Just That's want, like you just want drama. You're yeah. rooting for drama. It's the but, only way that makes sense to me in this story, though. Like, how is this one person controlling you so hard? The whole thing is ridiculous. Like, why do you need a babysitter? You're the head coach. Like, you're an adult man. Act like one, for instance. But then also, the Eagles got rid of all the coaches, and they they kept Sirianni. Like, that's the guy they kept. So, essentially, they said it's everybody else's fault except his, and yet now we're finding out he needs a babysitter on the sideline. All of that stuff, when I, when I heard it, and when I was in the shower this morning, it made me think, like, I'm not worried about the Eagles anymore in the NFC at all. Like what are they doing? They're a mess. Their coach is a disaster. Like forget the Eagles. So then I started thinking, if like, it's well, true, he can't control his emotions. Then I don't even know why they stuck with him this off season. Then they're trying one more season with him. Like, right. If he really cannot control his emotions, unless he has this one particular dude by his side, he needs to go because that's weird, a, eh? and that's not a, that's not an NFL coach. Like that doesn't make any sense. If and he's really getting into fights with his players, like come on, you're a grown adult. Go get therapy. Go get therapy. Come on. I'm with you a thousand percent. So I just push the Eagles out of my mind as like a threat in the NFC. But I did start to wonder then. Who do the 49ers have to worry about in the NFC? Do they have to worry about anybody else in the NFC? And I came up with two teams and maybe a third, but texting with you back and forth before the show, you kind of convinced me otherwise, and we can talk about that. But the, to me, the 49ers biggest competition in the NFC as it stands right now. And again, we don't know draft and free agency, but based on what they did last year, the Rams and the Packers to me are still the two biggest. Matt Stafford is still really freaking good, like really good. The Rams still have talent on the roster. They have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of young talent on the roster. I think they're going to be a threat. Obviously, they know each other well. And the Packers, like Jordan Love, looks like he's going to be a really good quarterback. They have a really good coach. Those are the two teams to me in the NFC that I think the 49ers should uh, have to contend with over the next few years. Well, you're missing a huge one. The the team that should have won the NFC championship. But 
We'll we'll start with the Rams and Packers first. The Rams for sure, as long as Matthew Stafford is there and healthy, um, I still think he has at least one more good year in him. Like they're going to be a good team. You know, like you don't even have to worry about Cooper Cup now. Like, oh, is he getting too old? It's like, well, now they have Puka Nakua too. So Cooper Cup can be his older shell with Puka stepping in. Kyron Williams has shown that he's a really great lead back. Mm-hmm. And the defense well overproduced what they should have last year with the talent they had on the team. And now they have $40 million in cap space and finally some draft picks. Like they haven't had draft picks in so long, early ones. Now they have them. Like they can definitely fix up their defense in this offseason. Rams definitely for sure a team that you'd be most scared of in the division. And then the Packers Wait. for sure. What they did with the. Wait. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I want to talk more about the Rams. I didn't mean okay. to cut you off. We talk about a team that's willing to make big swings too. I mean, holy crap. The Rams are the reason that the 49ers started making big swings. They went and got Jalen Ramsey, F them picks that came from the Rams. Now you're telling me they have picks and cap space. Like that is a, that is a scary combination for, for the 49ers from their perspective. So I, yeah, I think the Rams are absolutely a team to worry about. And you're right. Cooper cup as a number two wide receiver. Holy crap. That that's really, really good. If you're the Rams. Yeah, and they can keep fixing up that O-line, too, because two years ago, it was a complete disaster. They made some changes this year, got a little bit better. Now they can keep working towards that. I do think the Rams are contenders again. Super Bowl contenders, no, but they'll be back in that playoff mix. They'll be fighting for the division, Um, so definitely a team to look at. The Packers, you're really right there with, I don't know what way to think of them, but what they did in their first year with all of these young pieces, you have to think about how incredibly young they were, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Jordan Love in his first year as a starter, he's throwing to all guys in their first or second year. And Mm -hmm. now they get Jaden Reed, I think is going to be a very good wide receiver. Now he's going to go into his second year. They still do have Christian Watson, who's fast, can't catch a ball, can't stay healthy, but he's still there (laughs) and growing. Romeo Dobbs is a solid wide receiver. Even Dontavian Wicks last year as a rookie was impressive. And then two really good rookie tight ends, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. So all of them growing older, getting more experience. That could be scary. And you made up the best point for the Packers is Matt LaFleur. Like he is just a really, really good coach. So that's, I think, why they worry me. But I can't believe you didn't bring up the Lions as the number one competition. I said what I said. Like, a, the 49ers don't win unless the craziest crap happens in that game, right? Like the, the Lions kick the 49ers booties until everything. For one half, for two quarters, sure. Yeah, until their rookie running back fumbled the ball and that pretty much changed everything. Until wide receivers that won't be on the team next year dropped easy passes, right? So that's what I'm saying. They they already had it. They were not supposed to be NFC Championship. This is the year they're finally supposed to get to the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game. No one expected them to get to the NFC championship and destroy it in the first, you know, in the first half too, and play such a close game. And now they kept Ben Johnson. I think that's the biggest thing. If they're losing Ben Johnson, then I would say, okay, they're probably going to fall back a bit. Keeping Ben Johnson's massive. All these rookies that they got this year who contributed at such a high level that they got so much out of them. They're now going into the second season. They get experiences. It won't be the first time they're in the playoffs or first time in big games. And also just, we know that the rookie year is so long for these guys because they're not used to these long seasons. Now going in the second year, which is typically a huge step. And they also have $53 million in cap space. So you're telling me that they get the same team, but more experience and then also get to add more players and have all this money to spend. They're definitely the top competition for the 49ers in the NFC this year. I don't think so at all. Although I do agree 
the Ben Johnson thing is massive to me. Ben Johnson's the whole reason the Lions were anywhere because it's because of Ben Johnson. I think Jared yeah. Goff is not a very good quarterback. I think if He's you get above average, if you He's get good. any good. pressure on Jared Goff, he folds. He's he does. He folds in a big spot. When you need a guy to make a big throw, Jared Goff has proven he is not that guy. But with Ben Johnson, they can be competent. I mean, their defense was horrible last year. Horrible defense. Um, uh, but I just don't think that as when we were texting about the Seahawks, you said as long as they have Geno Smith, you don't have to worry about the Seahawks. I say as long as the Lions had Jared Goff, you don't have to worry about the Lions. That I think is, Jared Goff is much, much better than Geno Smith. Oh, I think they're about the same. You think he's I much better? I don't even know how that's fair. Like Geno Smith was like he was so bad that he wasn't even in starting for what like seven years until he had somewhat of a decent season night like seven years later. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. He had really good seasons young in his career. He's had very good seasons with the Lions. Like over and over and over and over again, he has really good seasons. He's an above average quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. No. But he's an above average quarterback. He's like a Kirk Cousins. And is it easy to win with those guys? No. But he's not the tier of Geno Smith. Geno Smith will not have a job after this year. This will be Geno Smith's last year. They should have already moved on from him. I don't they're but they're gonna give him one more shot for whatever reason to just waste a year. If I was a Seahawks fan, <laughs> I'm so annoyed. You're just wasting a year of my life as a fan. That's all it is. Like, cause the best case scenario is Geno's, you know, you get to the wild card round. And then you get your booties kicked, right? That's your best case scenario with Geno Smith. But I mean, at this point, Jared Goff has now shown that he can at least bring your team to the championship game because now he's done it twice. Did the Rams go more than once to, I know not to the Super Bowl, but to the championship? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Kirk Cousins is better than Jared Goff. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I like Kirk Cousins a lot too, but they I, they are very similar. I would also give this the you know one foot forward for Cousins, but it, it's the same realm of quarterbacking. I'm not worried about the Lions because of Jared Goff. Their defense is still really bad. Yeah, they're going to draft defenders this year. Great. That's what everybody said about the Seahawks. Oh, the Seahawks defense. Look out for the Seahawks defense. They drafted all these good players. The Seahawks, the Seahawks. And where were the Seahawks last year? Friggin' nowhere. So uh, I don't know. To me, I put the Lions, the Lions are not going to be bad, but to me, I put them below the Rams and below the Packers on sort of like the threat index, if you want to call it that in the NFC for the 49ers. So if you think you're, you're, you're competing against someone to get the number one seed in the NFC, you mm-hmm. think the Rams and the Packers have a better chance than the Lions who yes. were their bigger competition this year? Yep, I do. Okay. I, I love that we're not talking about the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys in the regular season are their no. biggest competition for the number one seed. But in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. The Cowboys. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are just no, no, man. I know they they got Mike Zimmer now to coordinate that defense. I don't know how much how big of an improvement he is over Dan Quinn. To me, it's like six of one, half dozen of another. But the Cowboys have Dak. I think Dak gets in his own head. I think he gets in his own way at times in the playoffs. They still have Mike McCarthy, who, as everybody knows, I call a baked potato as a head coach because that's what I think he is. I'm not like, I don't even know if the Cowboys, they're not even going to win their, well, they might win the division. The Eagles are a real dumpster fire. But even if they do win a division, I don't think they're going to be a threat for a number one seed. I, really I do don't. think that NFC uh, North will be a really interesting division with the Lions, 
the Packers, the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins comes back from this Achilles normal. And then the Bears, if they draft Caleb Williams. I mean, if Caleb Williams is supposed to be the quarterback that everyone thinks he can be, right? This generational talent, which we got that out of Trevor Lawrence. Like people thought that and he wasn't, but sometimes it does end up working where right away they're great. Um, we we have seen that before out of like Andrew Luck, I guess. But even then they weren't like winning a lot of games, right? To begin with. Um, not a lot of playoff games anyways, they should say. But let's say Caleb Williams is as good as people expect and they draft him number one. Then they also have the number nine pick to take one of the top wide receivers, if they want to, to add on to DJ Moore, who had a really nice year. They have $70 million in cap space. And then they would also have whatever picks they get for Justin Fields. And their defense got incredibly better uh, after they traded for Montez Sweat in the middle of the year. But their second half of the year defense was like really dominant. So is that a team then if Caleb, it all comes down to the quarterback, right? If Caleb Williams is drafted and he ends up being the top tier elite prospect, he's supposed to be, I guess that would be a team maybe not next year, but in the future you're saying, okay, they could really build something here. I want to retire the term generational talent, generational quarterback forever, because we somehow have had one in each of the last like four drafts, like generational <laughs> means something here. People Who's generational years. last year. Uh, hold on. I can't remember. I can't even remember the draft off the top of my head. It was from Bryce last Young, year. CJ Stroud, but were people calling Bryce Young generational? No, uh, no. And definitely the year before that. I mean, Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback off the board at 21. No one was calling I feel like the point is generational should be like once the every 20 generational years. generational one was Trevor Lawrence. And I will say coming out of the draft, I was not even high in Trevor Lawrence. I never got that, but and he's fine. He absolutely has not been a no. generational quarterback. Um, why would anybody want Justin Fields? Give me a break. People are like, oh, man, who, I want Justin where's Fields. Justin I want Fields going to go? He's Justin. not any good. He yes, can't he play. Yes, he yes. can't play. Here's what we do with quarterbacks that are drafted early in the draft when they when they underperform, when they stink. First, it's the coach's fault, and they change the coach. Then it's, oh, he doesn't have enough weapons. Then they finally, when they continue to suck, we get to, oh, he's just not any good. That's the, that's the process we're in with Justin Fields right now. He's not any good. I don't know why people don't want to say it. He's not him. good. Okay, set up to the Steelers. I'll, I'll Great. I'll Congratulate. Well, I mean, over Kenny Pickett, at least you might be more interesting with Justin Fields. I'll give you that. But, I mean, the Bears, you're right. The Bears are certainly in a good position. And I do think the NFC North is going to be a better division overall, for sure. You think Kirk ends up back with the Vikings? I mean, yeah, I do. Because I think they want to make Justin Jefferson happy, too. Jefferson wants Kirk there. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, they're going to have to back up the truck for Justin Jefferson because that dude is a monster. Um, yeah, but, if, but if they end up losing Kirk Cousins, then Justin Jefferson won't resign and wants to, you know, play. I mean, they'll still have him for the next couple of years, but probably they could hold him for three years. Right. But at the same time, he's going to whine about that and get out at some point. And he's the best wide receiver in the league. You mentioned the bears having a lot of cap room. You mentioned the lions having a lot of cap room and the Rams having a lot of cap room. I mean, Chicago and Detroit are not, you know, hot bed free agent destinations. Traditionally, I think LA with $40 million of cap room is a lot more attractive than Detroit or Chicago, but money talks, especially in the NFL where guys are trying to get paid as much as they can and they should. Um, so they'll throw some money around, I'm sure. And taxes come down big, right? Isn't True. Like LA taxes like insane? 
California, yeah. Also, that's... just the cost of living in LA. Mm-hmm. Like forty, getting a forty million dollar contract in LA is a very different than getting a forty million dollar contract and living in Detroit. You yes. can get a mansion in Detroit <laughs> for the size of a shack in LA. Hundred percent true, no doubt. Scott Hill, YouTube channel member for a month. Thank you very much, Scott. Says, do you think Green Bay will be our biggest competition? Green Bay, I think, has the combination. Number one, they already have the quarterback in place. It seems like Jordan Love's going to be a good quarterback, a uh, guy that can make plays with his legs. They have a good coach. We know LaFleur can coach. He's, he's unbelievable, the record that he's gotten off to. You mentioned the youth of all the players in Green Bay. They don't need to add much or really anything to be a threat to the 49ers, where obviously the Bears have to add stuff. I would like to see the Lions have to add on defense, I think, before I would put them in that category. But the Packers are in a really good spot. Yeah, they are. I will say, though, if you're deciding between the Packers and the Lions, I do think Dan Campbell does offer something. I do think he's a player's coach. And also getting to play in a dome is probably very enticing to players instead of playing in the freezing cold Green Bay. So when Mm -hmm. you're competing for free agents in that way, and then also, you know, the Lions were just the better team this year. And going to the NFC Championship players are going to take notice and be like, okay, this is a winning team on the right way. I don't think the Lions will struggle to sign free agents if they want them. Just the, the dome, I think, makes a huge difference. Getting Who wouldn't want to get to play inside in the instead of the freezing cold for most games? Well, if your only options are NFC North teams, then yeah. But, I mean, I yeah. don't want to play. I want to play on grass if I'm a player. I want to play on real freaking grass. Yeah, I don't know enough about all that. I know I would not want to play with the Giants or the Jets. Turf. Yeah. Right. And but just also, on their particular field. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Andre says, how are the damn Packers going to have back-to-back-to-back star quarterbacks? Annoying. Yes, it is annoying, Andre. I, I second that. It's very annoying. We're still out. We don't know the verdict on Jordan Love yet, right? Inconsistency. He did show growth as the year went on. I did think he was very impressive towards the end of the year and in the playoffs. He looked good, but let's see. We need to see more from him. So you agree with me? We're not putting the Cowboys as a threat to the 49ers in the NFC. I'm putting them as a threat to get to the number one seed because they're such a good regular season team. They're going to have a good record, at probably 13 and four, 12 and five. Like it's just going to happen. And they also get to play in the easy NFC, right? So there's going to be a lot of easy wins for them as well. They also get to play the commanders and the giants four or four times, right? So those are four wins right there. You can just give them. And then the Eagles, we don't expect to make this great comeback because their defense has fallen apart. Their coach apparently needs this big dude sitting next to him to make him feel loved. And (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way they can win games. So they really, I I do think they're the biggest competition for the number one seed. But at the same time, we know it doesn't matter because as soon as they get to the playoffs, they crumble. Is there anybody in the NFC South that you, that I should even spend a minute thinking about? The Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, the Bucks, who apparently have opened negotiations with Baker Mayfield. I saw that before we hit record. Uh, Mike Um, Evans, who knows what's going to happen with Mike Evans. He may not be there next year. The Falcons would need to... Uh, sign Kirk Cousins. And yes. Then, and then also another good wide receiver to go across from Drake London because it's really Drake London and nobody. And then you would have Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Kirk Cut. Like that'd be a nice offense. And their defense mm-hmm. has always been pretty solid overall. Like they're never like easy to beat up on that defense. So they they could then, you know, be in competition for, I don't know. I don't, even then, I don't think they'd be Super Bowl contenders, but they would be a good team. 
Yeah, like uh, that's why I was stunned. Like, if you're Belichick, I would love to go to Atlanta. You can sign Kirk Cousins, and like you said, like they have an offense. You plug Kirk Cousins into that offense with those skill players, like he's gonna put up four thousand, forty-five hundred yards, thirty touchdowns. Like you, especially in that division, you yeah. could easily win that division next year. Yeah, but the the Saints just restructured Derek Carr to push his money down the road. <laughs> They're gonna be paying Derek Carr in like five years from now when Carr's not even in the league anymore. It's gonna be great. Do and he you, never helped them win anything. Oh my god. Do you follow um on Twitter Josh Dubal for the Associated Press? I'm not sure. So that guy, I don't know how he does it. Literally every day multiple times a day he is arguing with people with Derek Carr truthers who think that Derek Carr is a really like a top 10 quarterback who's awesome and he has to argue with them every day and I'm stunned that there is this army of people that really believe in their heart that Derek Carr is a good quarterback he couldn't even win the NFC South last year like he let Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers win it and he couldn't even win the NFC South against Baker Mayfield. I know it's not just the quarterbacks, right? But Bryce Young, who is a really terrible rookie, and he should have <laughs> been better. But And then Desmond Ritter. Like, the competition in that division was so bad. Mm-hmm. And their car lost him so many games. Like, it, always when he was with the Raiders, it was like, well, his defense stunk. His defense stunk. His defense stunk. Now he was with a team that had a solid defense. Like, the Saints are solid. The, his team was solid. You know how many times... They would be up and then Derek Carr would just decide to throw a pick six or just a pick out of nowhere. Like, what are you doing? Like, it, He loves turning over the ball at the worst moments. Fourth down. Don't count on Derek Carr. That is He's just going to throw it out of bounds because he has Brutal. done that before. I think we got- multiple times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. A little bit of breaking news on the show, Michelle. Uh, Ian Rappaport has tweeted that the salary cap officially will be $255.4 million per club with an additional $74 million per club payment for benefits, blah, 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 blah. $30 million increase per club in this year's salary cap. Dang. That is very good news for, for everybody, obviously, but specifically for the 49ers, of course, who you know, they want to re-sign Brandon Ayuk. They want to do things. So Mike Florio had said initially it was he was hearing 240, then he was hearing 250. Well, it turns out it's $255 million. Wow. Well, that changes a lot of things for a lot of teams. Uh, very, very interesting. So yeah, now the 49ers have room to work 
But then it just makes the richer more rich, right? The teams that right. have so much cap space. I, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how these contracts then play out this year in, off, in, in free agency. Do, uh, do these players end up getting bigger contracts because there's so much money to go around? They should. They absolutely yeah. should. Um, 30 million. Like that is wow. I mean, we always talk about, well, you know, the salary cap's going to go up, but a $30 million jump is a lot. Uh, Rappaport tweeted the unprecedented $30 million increase per club is this year's salary cap as the result of the full repayment of all amounts advanced by the clubs and deferred by the players during the COVID pandemic, as well as an extraordinary increase in media revenue from the 2024 season. Yeah. Um, Amazon just paid $150 million for the rights to broadcast a single playoff game. So that tells you about the incredible increase in media revenue. That's wild. Good for the players. Good for the everybody. That yes. makes me happy. Yeah, me too, because I think more of it should go to the players, although I know the owners are going to get a huge chunk of that, but that's obviously good. It helps, you know, just helps exhale a little bit and gives you more flexibility, more maneuvering. You know, we talk about the Rams and the Lions and all those teams about how much cap space they have, the Bears. Yeah, they're all trying to get better. They're all trying to get the roster that the 49ers already have. So now you're telling me you give the 49ers more room to to work things? That puts me in a good mood. Yeah, that's the thing that we need to remember is that the 49ers already have a very, very good team. They just went to the Super Bowl. Their team is stacked. They're going to have all pretty much all the same key players, right? And the players that won't be here, they need to go anyways. Like the upgrades they make at offensive line or maybe the upgrade they make in the secondary, That those are upgrades they needed. It's not like they're losing anybody. They needed to make those upgrades. Absolutely. They continue to, they're going to need to upgrade the offensive line. The combine is next week, Michelle. It starts on Tuesday. I'm very excited about it. Uh, we have a full cupboard of draft picks now. I think 11 picks, including a first rounder. Yippee. I can watch the combine. I can dream. I'm going to be locked into the offensive line. Like who's doing the bench press, like all that stuff. I want to see offensive line and I want to see secondary help for the 49ers this year in the draft. I hate the combine so much. I had to work every single second of the combine. Do you know how hard it is to watch every second of the NFL combine? Do you know how hard that is? (laughs) For anyone that doesn't know, Michelle is a researcher and a fantasy analyst for the NFL network. It's Um, the longest four days of my life. No one has suffered as you have suffered, Michelle. You have to watch the NFL combine. Wow. I I love every single part of my job. Besides having to write about the 49ers losing the Super Bowl while I'm crying. That was brutal. <laughs> and then uh, the four days during the NFL Combine are my least four days of the Your of least favorite four days. Yes. I lo- I'm going to be into it. Like, I, it's candy. It's just, I look at it the same way I look at mock drafts. I'm not eating it because it's good for me. I'm eating it because it tastes good. It feels good. I know that the dude that runs the fastest 40 isn't necessarily going to be a good player. I get all of that. It's fun. I like to see the guys run fast. I like to imagine what the 49ers could look like if they had this person in their offense. I like to just have fun with the exercise. And it's February and it's cold in Connecticut. And damn it, I need this. The 40, the 40 yard dashes are fun, especially for the wide receivers and running backs and those type of plays. But besides that, it's pretty brutal, but I am excited for you that you have that to watch. I've, I've looked forward to it all the time. I love it. Plus the real benefit of the combine is you get all the coaches or a lot of the coaches, all the GMs, the agents, they're all in Indianapolis. They all talk. I guarantee you, we are going to hear trade rumors about the 49ers next week. We're going to hear IU trade rumors. 
probably it'll be other teams asking the 49ers what they want from Brandon Ayuk, but we're going to hear it. Crazy stuff gets talked about at the combine, and I'm here for all of those juicy rumors. Yeah, every time I think about the combine, uh, I think I've already told this story on the pod before, probably before the last combine. Uh, but Kate and I went, it was right before COVID hit, like literally like a couple weeks before co- like the whole COVID thing went down. But we went to Indy for the combine. We weren't even going to the combine. We just wanted to be around it all and like mm-hmm. see people. And we went to some events and stuff. But who was the old Jaguars coach? I cannot think of his name right now. Gus Bradley? No. Jack Del Rio? Yes, Jack Del Rio. So I'm in a restaurant and then I turn around, I run into someone and it's Jack Del Rio. I'm like, oh God, you're Jack Del Rio. I was like, yeah, you're the Jaguars coach, right? This was after he got fired though. Uh, like a good amount after. He was like, not no more. <laughs> not anymore. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. And then I was, it was so awkward. I just like walked away. It was so awkward. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. You did not tell that story before. It was that's... also the same place that Carmelo Anthony walked by me and I... My childhood love for him just diminished and went away, and I was so heartbroken because he was so rude. Oh, that's unfortunate. I like he. I don't know why he ever stopped. So he was walking by me. I was like, "Come on!" I was like, "Come on, Anthony." I was like, "I grew up in." He literally stopped, looked at me, and I. So I said, "Oh, I grew up in Syracuse. Like you were like my hero. I was 13 when you when you won the the championship." And he legit just stared at me dead in my eyes and then just turned away and kept walking. Like, <laughs> why'd you stop? And all you had to do was say, thank uh, you. Like, thank you. And I didn't expect anything. I expected a right. thank you. Like acknowledgement that I just spoke words to you. Um, <laughs> he just looked like such dead in the eyes. Didn't say a word and then just kept walking. Hmm. Like That was the weirdest experience of my life. Yeah, it's it's hard because you're judging people on like a 15 second interaction. I but know. again, I agree with you. All you had to do was just say thank you. And you'd thank be you. like, cool. Yeah. Like, I just wouldn't, make... I, or just don't stop. If he was just, if I was right. like, oh, no, and he got like, yeah, he gets that all the time. I don't expect him to stop. For me. Right. But the fact that he stopped, listened to what I said, and then just kept going. <laughs> like, that was, that hurt my soul. I loved him as a teenager. I was obsessed. Uh, Stephen Duckett, YouTube channel member, says, bring in Joey Bosa, draft Luke McCaffrey, Brendan Rice, Frank Gore Jr., and call this season Fast and Furious 49ers. Only family can stop Mahomes from three-peating. It is wild that they literally could like Frank Gore Jr., Brendan Rice, Luke McCaffrey. Like, that is weird. I do kind of hope one of them ends up on the 49ers. Why not? Can't be any worse than Trey Sermon and Ty Davis-Price. Yeah, they unless Elijah Mitchell, they're going to trust him to stay healthy, which I don't think they're going to. Elijah Mitchell's a free agent this year? Uh, I don't think so, no. No, so maybe he's still on the team. But they probably need depth, but I don't think it's going to be a position that they pay up for. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think so either, but I'm going to be here for it. I can't wait to hear all the juicy rumors. I love it. Bring it on. We need it. We need it. All this stuff is helping me move on from the Super Bowl. So yeah. I very much need it. Uh, Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Do you have anything big planned? I am running a half marathon on Sunday. My first one ever. <sighs> Good luck. Why do I even ask? Everybody always has these big plans. I'm going to watch the Avatar, the live action Avatar on Netflix. I'm very excited about it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, it's cool, not yeah. running a half marathon. I don't. I have a strict no running policy in my life that I've followed for past 15, 20 years, and I don't plan on breaking that anytime soon. I'm actually very, very excited for it. I'm just very excited to do it. I just want to, like, I just want to be there and do it because it's been so like building up, building up. I just want to do it. You're gonna kill it. I have Thank no you. doubt in my mind you're gonna absolutely crush it. Uh, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the little bell. You'll get notified every time we go live. Uh, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
last one really quick. Levin's prediction is that the Niners are going to announce an internal defensive coordinator hire today at the end of the day as a taking out the trash kind of story because they know fans are going to not be happy about it. Do you agree? Um, Sure. <laughs> I don't really have a strong stance on it, so I'll go with Levin. I'll, I'll trust his gut. I think that's a, I think that is a dead on choice. I told Levin, like, he's like leap year. Once every four years, he comes around with a really good point. I think that was it. I think that's what's going to happen. If it does, uh, we'll go live. No doubt about it. But enjoy your Friday and your weekend, everybody. Bye, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.